Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. This is where fitness and geekdom collide. It's time to live long, be strong, and die mighty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 66 of the Coach Fury Podcast. As I'm recording this intro, I'm also getting ready to head out to Taiwan tonight to teach my last courses of the year. I've got an HKC and an RKC coming up. Thanks to Elsa Tseng for having us out. And uh, I'm very excited for uh, to teach and then to get back just in time for Christmas. And speaking of Christmas, I've got a really fun person that I look up to, uh, I, I have a lot of respect for, and her name is Tina Morin from MSE Strength and Conditioning out in Weymouth, Mass. And Tina was referred to me for DVRT work uh, through Artemis Ganylides, who's also an old friend who's been on this show. And, you know, sometimes I walk into a facility and everyone's cool. There's a certain culture, which we'll talk about in this. And that usually, if not all the time, stems from the top down. And that's one of the things you'll see about just Tina as a person on this. And we get into a good conversation about how she started her business, uh, but also how it's grown and some struggles in terms of finding a space to work in. So I'm excited for you to hear Tina and I chat. And you will in a moment. But before that, let's just talk about a few of the courses I have coming up. I'm, after this Taiwan trip, I'm done with the year. But right out the gate, January 13th, Original Strength Pressing Reset has a handful of spots left over at MFF Bowery. That's on Sunday, January 13th. We've got a lot of old friends and new friends coming to that one, so join us there. Then on January 26th, speaking of the Boston area DVRT connection, uh, I'm coming to Milestone Fitness to teach a DVRT workshop on a Saturday. That's Saturday, January 26th. That's from 11 to 4. That's only $99, and that money can be applied to a DVRT, DVRT certification. So um, come and check us out for that. And then March 2nd and 3rd, the RKC almost sold out at Momentum Fitness. So, uh, man, lots of cool people. I've been training a lot of people for this one. So we have a solid crew. You should come out for that one. And then the following week, following weekend, the HKC, HKC Kettlebell Certification hits Mark Fisher Fitness. That's uh, Sunday, March 10th. And, of course, I always love teaching at MFF Bowery because that was uh, – that is one of the, the two fitness homes of mine out here, or three if you count Fury Industries. Uh, props to Catalyst as well. Anyway, that's all that's going on in this world in terms of courses. Hey, if you want to support this show, you can do so financially by becoming a patron and donating, like even if it's a buck or so an episode, to the Coach Fury Podcast at patreon.com slash coachfurypodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Thank you to all my current patrons. Um, that money has bought this mic and... Hopefully, we'll help pay off the new laptop. This is actually the last podcast being mixed and recorded on my old laptop because this show has choked my, uh, my precious old MacBook Pro from 2012. Uh, hey, if you can't afford to drop any money, maybe if you've listened to a few of these episodes, drop a five-star rating on iTunes or subscribe. That helps out a lot as well. Either way, I really appreciate you just listening to this show and hearing me chat to my friends. Uh, I really like where this show is going. I hope you do too, where it's not as fitness related as it used to be, um, where we're having more artists and musicians mixed in um, amongst the fitness professionals. So uh, thank you for uh, going along the ride with me. I'm rambling. I'm going to stop rambling now. Uh, everybody, here's Tina and I. We'll just chat and talk about my stuff and talk we're about just, your stuff. And we're just going to chat and talk about our stuffs. Like what are stuffs? Hey, so first and foremost, the, this, the big change that I want to talk about that's going on is, uh, so when I first came out to teach with you, it was at your bigger location. I'm going to forget the town names right now. 
um, because mm -hmm. I've been just dealing with the contractor, so my head's a little frazzled. And so, what was the, what was the town that the, the the bigger facility was in? The bigger one is in Weymouth. Or if you're not from Massachusetts, you say Weymouth. <laughs> it looks like Weymouth or Weymouth. <laughs> Weymouth. <laughs> it's like the hell mount of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> And then we just taught DVRT, not that it feels like it was forever ago, but not that long ago, October ish, mm -hmm. September. End of September. End of September uh, mm -hmm. at your other location, which was mm -hmm. super charming in, a, in that little village. And mm -hmm. but now you're moving into one spot. Where are you moving to? The big one. To the big one. Oh, so, so everything's moving to Weymouth. Yes. And that is the like, talk about like, stress, anxiety, like the worst. So to make an extremely long short story, try to be short, we we started in this location because as you know, like it's hard to find space. If you don't have a gym already in existence, they don't want to rent you. They don't know that you're going to be able to pay your rent. So this was this little Norwell, which I am right now sitting on the floor of, um, was a dance studio. And the landlord said he would rent to me. So I took him up on it, like been like, well, we'll figure it out. And he had always told me that he would expand it for me in a couple of years. Um, and I believed him, which was silly, but I did. And then uh, we, we outgrew the space like very quickly within like a year or so, which is why we had that second location in Weymouth in Weymouth. <laughs> so um, that was basically just overflow space for our really busy morning classes. My friends that owned a boxing gym just train their fighters there. They have a couple classes. And they're like, we're not even using it. Like, you just bring your bells, so you'll train in the morning. So we were doing that. And then even there, it just became, it's just, just getting out of control. Like, staffing two places was kind of silly to staff two spaces, and we're all over the place. My landlord in Norwell, um, maybe like February or March of this year said like, we're going to build you a big addition. We're going to expand. Um, actually at DVRT, um, the weekend after that, he told me he just was not going to do it. And I had already planned, like I almost didn't sign my lease in Weymouth again. Like it was just a nightmare. So it was this big disaster. And then I was frantically trying to find a larger space, which is, it's just, just around here. It's, it's, there's nothing. It's impossible to find anything. And I was, you know, sitting with my, the guys from the boxing gym, like, we just need like a 2,500 square foot space that's industrial. That and he was like, so the space that we have, the space that we currently are occupying. <laughs> so that's where, you know, that kind of came from. That's what I was looking for originally. It just, no one would rent to me when I started because I was like, well, I have a great plan. I don't have a PL. I've made no money, but it's <laughs> going to be great. You know, they don't believe that you be able to pay the rent. So, um, it was kind of always the plan. And then we had a great plan to renovate and expand Norwell and that fell through. And then we decided to, I generally make myself, my life a lot harder, but this actually wasn't, it was actually just extending the lease there. So it worked That's out well. I mean, it's awful now, but it's got to work out. But in the long run, it, it's amazing how many, it, it, and even on just the, the context of the, this podcast, gym owners, but even outside of the show, obviously, so many of us, Again, I, I, you know, I run my thing out of my apartment, so I don't want to include myself as an owner in that way. But so many people have basically started yeah. in a, a similar in a similar situation without really like you know having a plan, but not really having even clients per se. Just like you know a, a mission, you know, um, a drive, yeah. and sort of willing it to existence. And you know, sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. The other end is how 
powerful. And I think this would is probably the most important lesson I'd say for any listeners thinking about owning any business. How many stories I've heard from gym owners that are crushed by their landlords, you know, like it, it's one of those things where if you have an off vibe on a landlord, even in the slightest, you should probably read that. I know James Newman, who's been on this show mentioned it. Um, right. uh, Chris Merritt from strength faction mentioned like he felt he very much like lucked out big time <coughs> with his landlord at his new space, but that's such a thing. And it's not just rent. It's also that personality factor and, you know, professionalism of the landlord. Yeah. Is this landlord of your Norwell spot? Yeah, and I'm also like my landlord. Yeah, that's cool. The landlord guy from Norwell was he the weird guy in the tractor dumping that old buggy in the back? So, folks, where the back of the gym's like uh, I don't know, just some big field. It's hard to imagine. Like, it's probably the perfect time to go in the winter where Tina's current place was. It looks like a Christmas village. So, in the city, like in Bryant Park in New York City. They set up a Christmas village. It looks like a little Christmas village of all these nice little shops. And the, and the gym is one of them. And uh, mm. it's really nice to be and it's relaxing. Um, but then yeah. there's this big field in the back of the parking lot. And we were there and I thought it was like part of the front decor. There was this like ancient horse carriage buggy thing. And all of a sudden on day two, it's just like lifted up on a bulldozer getting dumped in the back of the woods. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Yeah. So you're moving into the Weymouth location, which was so super cool. And he is like a nice guy. Yeah. It is cool. It is exciting. But it's just been like, you know, talking about like, you just don't know when you're getting into like all this stuff, like expect the worst. And like my landlord in, in Oral was easygoing, fit, really nice guy. And I, I do believe he maybe tried to get the renovation going, but town, like dealing with towns and zoning, yeah. it's just like. That's rough. Yeah. Um let's go back to the beginning when you opened up that spot, you know, you went to like having this great problem of having to expand cause you're, you know, you have the people to do it. I mean, what a blessing to have as a, as a problem. Um, mm-hmm. How long did it take from like doors open for you to start feeling like this is actually happening? Like we we're, we're going to pull this off. I mean, I, so I, to just to back, like, I know that you have a similar, you know, experience where you were not in fitness forever. I was not in fitness forever. I came from a corporate background, had a total meltdown, was like, I can't, I'm not doing this anymore. Actually was going back to school for like physical therapy. And Tim and I, my husband and I were going to, Tim, we're going to move for me to go to school and in the whole nine. And I just had like this moment where I was training people and I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do this. I'm not like post rehab. That's why I love DBRT and why I fell in love with kettlebells and all that stuff so much. Just the, um, Little did I know I would need the rehab so badly, but, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what, where my training philosophy came from. And I started to work in like a bunch of big box gyms, like a bunch, like I threw myself into training, like working a thousand hours a week, million clients a day, the revolving door. Um, I worked at a Pilates studio, which is also where I kind of fell in love with like core activation and, you know, all that good stuff. But I knew that I was going to open my own space and I thought that I'd be able to find a space but it is not easy to find a space. <clears throat> so I was looking for a space for like eight or nine months. And so really when I took normal, and it is super cute. This place is, if you're listening and it's like from, they're from the area, it's the cutest little place in the world. Like it's, yeah. and it's great for like a different kind of gym, but like when we're like, we're super loud and it's, it's been, no one has complained, but it's not ideal for sure. Um, when I looked, I looked at probably 40 spaces, honestly, over the months 
many of which like I went through to a lease process and then you get through the lease and you're fine. Like you're going to sign like, you know what? No, we don't want a gym in here. Actually, we're going to wait for someone else. It's just like, and if you like, I kept on telling myself like, oh my God, like how is like, how, how do people ever do this? How does it actually, how do you get it open? But the only way to surely not succeed is to stop. Right. So I just like kept on going, going. And so then when, when they said they would rent to me, I took them up on it. It was I renovated and put in flooring and all that stuff. And then the first couple of months I was like, you know, I had my clients that came over with me from other gyms and I was shocked. This is about 15 to 20 minutes south of where I was training out of regularly, most of the town, which is not a long time for people. Like I think in the city, when you think about like taking a train or walking or whatever, but around here, people don't want to drive more than like five minutes to the gym. So I had a lot of clients come with me, which I was surprised by, which was great. So I, I came in with like, like 30 members or something, which was, which was great. But I, you know, you think that it's going to grow like the first month, then you get 20 more. And you think it's going to keep on growing like that. And it doesn't. So like, you know, the first year was really good to start. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is awesome. I'm going to have a million members in a minute. <laughs> and then it kicks off and then people leave. And then, you know, and it's ebb and flow and ebb and flow. And then the business side starts to kick in. So I was always grateful for my background in business because my previous life I did finance and corporate accounting and like sales strategy data analytics all different roles so that all helped me but it, it doesn't always translate to gyms you know it's a little bit different yeah. and then you do things out of you know after year one I, I say like I don't like to say do things out of desperation but like we all know as trainers like the clients you shouldn't take and the people you should say no to and things you shouldn't get to doing like too much private training or like you like I know you cap for online training because you're like just I just don't have the time to give everybody what they deserve it's it's that but it's also um you know you mentioned how you threw yourself into a thousand hours of training one of the things universal with any any form of trainer is this uh, overextension of ourselves chasing the dollar where we're trying to like no matter how early or how late we're trying to get those hours billed and you know, it's exhausting. It's rewarding. You know, on one end, it's really rewarding, but there's a certain number of hours a day that if you're actually on the floor, you're not serving some of those people to the the fullest that you could. And I just found not only did I start to get lost, this was interesting. I'll I'll mention where I think I I might've fucked up on uh, for you as, as your online coach. Tina has been in online training with me for three months now so far and uh, nailing it. Um, is it becomes a lot to track, you know, like to yeah. staying on top of it. And I felt like once I hit, uh, folks, my magic number I've mentioned on the show is 15. I, I don't take more than 15 online clients uh, mm-hmm. at any time. And I'm generally happy around the 10. I, I normally don't promote it too much until I start to hit like seven. Um, mm-hmm. Most people stay on long-term. Some people are here specifically for a cert, you know, and so the cert happens and, and they go and then they come back if they come for something else. But I didn't find joy in it, right? Like, so it, this big boom of online training, it's just like we said about chasing st- sessions. Trainers are chasing online training mm-hmm. as a way to make another revenue where you feel that you can stay home and travel and still make money and you don't have to go to the gym and it's easier. The problem is you, you're on the computer, you're on the desk, you're back doing the things you might have left your previous job to not do. 
Um, so I just didn't like it. And then there's a, there's a weird emotional thing that I had to allow with online training. Like everyone that trains with me, um, is pretty solid. And for the most part has been in it at least three, actually, like, I mean, like some of the people have been with me for like almost two years now or more, but at least three months, like yourself. Uh, I don't take, unless there's a cert involved, I don't do less than three months because quite frankly, it's not worth my time. It's not worth somebody's time for a four week program. I'm just my online things. It's not workouts. Like I'm tailoring it based on your feedback, your, your, your goals and all that stuff. Um, and I just didn't enjoy it. And then I felt like I wasn't doing a good service and then it stressed everything else. And then it ripped into my rippled into my other work. And so I, I capped it at that a, because I just didn't like it actually when it hit a certain number more than, and I toy with the idea of just putting out workouts. I toy with it. But then I always wonder like, are people going to be safe on that? Even if I, you know, do the right job, but that personalized program has been really rewarding because, you know, I get to see, so, you know, Tina mentioned, you know, her, her shoulders, uh, she's been having issues with the shoulder and we've been working together three months and it's improving. Yeah, right. I'm sitting next to my Indian clubs. Yeah. Yay. So, you know, like we can write that and make that happen. Now, the yeah. emotional aspect with this is some people, I'm just going to send a program. I'm not going to hear anything from them. And then I'll get the check, you know, for the next month. You know, they'll do their online payment and I get maybe some feedback. Hey, that was great. And then I send it back in and I have no way to know if they're doing it or not. And then I have people that I know are just like, I really need some help. I'm going to do some online training. They don't respond to any emails. And the same thing that puts them in the block of not getting fit or not having consistency. I am not there to wake them up and bring them to the gym, even if it's like changing in the living room. So I had to emotionally connect with that because I can address that better if you're coming in to train with me in person or in a class. But online, you have to allow that to go a little bit. Like that's just part of the thing, right? I think we talked about this actually, maybe at DVRT. Correct me if I'm wrong. Totally, yeah. And it's funny, this is like, this is exactly what I'm going through now with like rolling. It's the same kind of thing where like, I don't have a lot of private clients and I have kind of, I, I really get invested in everybody, but now it's like really invested in 130 people and it's like literally slowly killing me. Like, because now that I said we're moving, everyone is like, Popping in my butthole, like it, it just, and, and I appreciate it, and, and like, I, like I'm like, oh my god, I created all these people, like I created these people. I got this community of people that like care so much about the gym that they're like freaking out about just going to the same place that we already are in with a new floor. Like it's, mm-hmm. but people don't like cheat, and so it's like that thing where like they're invested, and that's what I want. So that, and that's why you don't like the online side probably because you feel like I would never want a bunch of people in the gym that don't care. But it's hard. It's very taxing emotionally to have too many people that care. Yeah, it's, when really, it's really weird. It's not even that they don't care. It's my inability to help whatever the habit or whatever the trait is that's yeah. not stopping them, right? Like, I know they care. You know, it's funny. I, I keep saying this more and more, and I know we all think it's obvious, but maybe we don't think about it, that no one goes to a gym because they feel awesome, right? No one really goes to a gym saying, like, I want to be more awesome. We all go, right. even trainers, because we need to work on something, right? Whatever right. that might be. And it's just when they, when someone buys your service, wanting to be, you know, take that as an action step and realize, you know, I'm still not there to get them out. Like, that's a hard part. That said, like, uh, what was really cool, I just taught a class with um, Caitlin Lavelle and, and Megatron, Megan Stryker, who's been on the show. And Caitlin's a combination. She was, we, I, I joke that her nickname's Optimus Prime. She was the first uh, class member 
that signed up when I offered classes here at Fury Industries. And Megan's probably like, you know, next to Hillary Bulmer's like the number two, like, well, my online training works if you do the work. And they were both in class together because Megan had off. She came in and hopped into class. And, you know, I, I pulled them aside after class and I was just like, you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, uh, you know, guys, you, you know, me aesthetics isn't the only thing by far. It's actually probably like the farthest end of my actual goal set. Right. But they are like strong, ripped, athletic, moving well. And I was just like, thank you so much. But it's those two ends of the spectrum. You don't get that just in classes because it's not as tailored, right? Uh, Caitlin does some personal training with me and online coaching, just like you do online coaching. Megan's all online coaching. And occasionally if she can come in, she takes a class, but it's all her putting the work in. And that's when I'm like, this shit works. Hillary Bulmer, who is, I kind of call her the prodigy of my online training. She was the first one that came to me sort of post cert, not looking to certain anything, just like, Hey, I took DVRT with you and I want to get better at stuff. Mm-hmm. And which is great from a trainer to trainer perspective. You're like, oh, that, that's that's continued growth, right? That's not just a, 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 a specific education goal. That's just continued growth. It's what we all want in our, in, in our clients and our membership. So Hillary was the first one that after a few months, I was like, holy shit, this is working. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before. She came in and took an RKC in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania with me. Um, I think she was about nine months pregnant. Sorry, not nine months. She'd be popping that kid out. Uh, she was about five months pregnant and she crushed her snatch test like it was nothing, right? right. Um, it was because she was online training and prepping and we were able to have the time to have the learning curve versus right. holy shit, this thing's in two months or a month or two weeks and trying to like jam it in. And that's when people get jacked. Yeah. And I understand it because it's like timelines. Like this thing actually suits my schedule, though my body might not be ready for it. But when someone just trains well overall it's like oh you suddenly these other capabilities are right there it's not this huge thing all of a sudden right consistency it's all consistent oh you know. my. and and having like a, a moderately smart program you know i don't even want to make right. it sound like overly scientific like i you know i think one of the things i might be good at and this isn't a humble brag is that i i can intuitively um it's not hard for me to put pieces together of that you know, I don't necessarily see it all as scientific. I see it as like building blocks of a, of a day of training on a month mm-hmm. of training. And that yeah. comes relatively natural to me. It's not fast. Um, I still spend a lot more time than probably if somebody was coaching me as an online business person, they'd probably say, you need to invest. You need to make more yeah. templates and just shoot them out. But yeah. I can't do that. I mean, I can, but it's not how I mean, it works. I wouldn't. That's, that's, what makes your pro, that's what makes it great. Like, I know that you didn't give someone else a program with like aggressive swings and in Indian clubs at the same time you know what I mean like the things like it's a good balance of what I like to do because you know I want to work hard but also the things I need that I hate to do but I need to do them you know so I actually almost did my clean and press test today I was going to just give it a go I don't know though for DVRT be cautious I didn't know because I listened yeah progress (laughs) is progress is only progress if we keep going forward on the short Instead of like, let's not have a setback yet. Trainers are the worst clients. It is. We are. We really are. It's it's hard. It's like we are all we're trying to. Uh, we want to be, be. We want to be the best at what we can do, and that's also that's not just the coaching. That's also like you know the physicality aspect of it. It's it's been humbling for me to like realize that. Yeah. I've been noticing on my my knee. Yeah. I've been noticing in my left knee where I've had surgery that when I, when I train pistol squats, 
uh, A, it's a dramatic struggle. It takes me, uh, I wouldn't say dramatic. I know it's not like Rocky fucking four or something, but it takes me a lot more time to groove into doing pistols than it used to. And the idea of loading it, my knee just doesn't feel great after. So I've had that realization that if I was coaching, if Coach Fury was, this is going to be a weird third person thing. If Coach Fury is writing a program for Steve Holliner, I would not be programming Steve Holliner pistol squats. And that's right. an eye opener. You know, I mean, I teach them because right. I have people that can do them. I, you know, I have a baseline of them, but I'll generally demo them out of box and not go all the way down. Yeah. I am, I just am in this mode where like, I just want to feel good and I'm like, I'm starting to feel good. So then I get excited and then I try to, but I mean, I've, I don't want to say I've lost a lot of strength. Like a lot of my lifts are the same. And like once I get, like when you put pistols in my program, which I love to do, and like the first, I hadn't done them in a long time. And the first day I did them, I was like, shit, like, I can't do these anymore. But now I'm pretty much back to, like, back to where I was, you know, for the most part, like, you know. But like, it's, it's, it's this weird, like, you're in class and you, you like have, you get so excited for the success of your client to become your friends. And they're like pressing heavy. And I'm like, I used to be able to do that, but I can't. And it's, and who cares? Like, who cares really? Like, I kind of care because I have to restart my, kettlebell <laughs> but like yeah again, like i'm not that worried about it like to your point i have another arm i can do it on the left and no big deal but it's just that it's like it's just a weird and then like it's everything just weighs on you as a coach you like you're you have to progress in your business and you have to progress people in the gym and then you're kind of last on the totem pole but everyone tells you to be first and you tell everyone else that you should prioritize your health and it's like this awful like i think that's the thing i didn't not the things i didn't know but like getting into owning the gym, which I would never change the world because I really, I do feel like that was like what I was supposed to do. And I'm so happy that I get to do it all the time. But there is like this, I go to Krav Maga now. Like I'm trying to do something for myself that is different. And also I think like everyone's going to kill me all the time. Like I'm on like high alert at all times. I am just self-defense. I think some people are chasing me. And so that aside, but I don't meditate well. So this is like my meditation that I can like, get away and like even here training I think about other things so just getting out of the gym and no one really knew I owned a gym or anything and then they I had one of my sweatshirts on they're like oh look that and I just said you know I you know and I always say like I work at a gym I hate to like go into another gym and say I own a gym but yeah someone puts you together and they're like oh well you just must work out all day all the time I'm like no I never work out I never like I never get to work out because I'm helping everybody else work out I get like you literally wrote me a program I'm like I have like 40 minutes like and that's all I got like what can I do and 40 minutes at best, like, what can I do? Um, and I think that's the hard part is just like, you get into this cycle, chasing the dollar. And even when you own your own business, you're chasing the dollar. And then I gave people like, not to like, again, not treating my own home, like such an excellent service, but I really did like go above and beyond. And it's not sustainable at all. Like I cannot do that with hundred and something people. And I love that people think that there's only like a handful of people because that, that makes me feel like I did a good job making them feel that way. But like now it's the struggle of how do I make this product sustainable so I can have a normal life and like keep my husband once in a while, but also still deliver that because that's, that's what I got in the business to do. I didn't get in the business to give people a canned workout that's not going to get them results and they're not going to get strong. And they don't feel good and they're not fun, not having fun here. Like that's what we are supposed to do. Yeah. That's where I'm like, we have a good plan. I think we're executing on it well, but it's, um, it's like, it's hard. It's hard to scale. If you don't mind me asking what, what, what is the plan? What, like, what's, what's one of the action steps you're taking to try to change that, that 
client relationship slash client expectation? I mean, I don't think I, I don't want to change their expectation because I do want people to have a piece with me. That's a gross phrase, <laughs> but I want, I want to have, the problem is I want to have that relationship with everybody. I don't, it can't be the way I allow it to be. Like I let, I used to like text people all the time in the middle of the night, you know, text people, text me at yeah. night on a Sunday and I'm responding and it's just habit now. And it's not bad because it's people I adore. Like it's, it's not, but it's like, I can't do that for everybody because then it's, you know, it's just a slippery slope. So I mean, things we're trying to do are um, like I have, I have a Google voice number now. Like I don't give people my personal cell phone number anymore. Many of my clients have it. Want them to do it, but my clients are my friend. Like truly, have become my friend. That's the hard part, right? It's it's not just work. It's also it is friend time too. Right. So that that gets hard, and I, I know like I've been, I feel like I've been like so haggard and like frazzled, and I hate like being that way in the gym. But like I've literally stopped, you know, on a Friday night. So on Friday nights, um, there's a with our our partners in the boxing and we have a boxing class and then we um i don't know how it developed into this but we now roller skate and have disco balls and we roller skate after which is so fun that is amazing um, truly is it is really like my and i like to box so i usually go to that class stay strap on the skate put on the disco ball have myself a beer or two and have a good time oh that's um, awesome it started with just having a beer. But so like example, a couple of weeks ago, I actually did a little demo like kettlebell thing for another gym that asked me to come in and do something with their coaches. So I did that. And then I went after and I was just like bombarded with questions about the move and this and that. And I like, it just, I didn't even need to, but I was like, I'm not working right now. And, and I thought, then I was like, okay, like I shouldn't have said that. So I find myself saying this thing like, shit, I shouldn't have said that. Like I am always on, I'm here and I should be here. On, but I like actually was having a beer with my friend, and she was like, "Oh, I got a question." I was like, "No, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that." No, it's it's uh, an interesting thing. Have you ever read the book uh, "Essentialism" by Greg? I might mispronounce it. Greg and Kean. It it was a book that we were. We, I don't want to say. I was going to say forced to read. It was it was like a mandatory book read. Like MFF Fisher bought it for all of the staff, and we you know had yeah. he would do a book report like every third. You know, we'd have like a, a four weeks to read a book, and then do do an email report on it. Yeah. And one of the powerful things that I had was the power of saying no, because we're in such a, a business of saying yes and helping people and being there for people. And this doesn't need to be fitness. There's so many fields that this works in, but ours in particular, which is like, a, you know, we want to talk about it as being, if we wanted to say like exercise science or something, but it's, it's literally emotional psychology as well. Like it, it's, right. it's so deeply entrenched so you've heard me go on my rants about how important i think what we do is um but like the ability to say no picking those battles and it's hard because some of my best friends jen bartholla mio forgot how to say her last name which we talk about on our podcast uh is gonna be the next week she's she was somebody that i met at the gym teaching a class i I was i was teaching her class and she's like you know one of our family members now and Mm -hmm. um but then there's the other side of it where like you know yeah i would love to hang out with you but you know what like if I hang out with you here, that means I'm going to get home at this time. That means I'm going to be waking up at this time, or I'm going to be tired when my kids get in the next day and they're the priority and, you know, trying to set that. And what was, it was very empowering for me and I don't do it all the time, but it's also like having to accept when you say no. And I think we're, we have a hard time embracing this. Um, 
sometimes it means you're not going to fit in the same way, right? Yeah, like if you, and, and we want to fit in, we want to be part of the group, but like my quality of life versus potentially deeper friendships or hangouts, it's a different relationship. And people yeah. do stop checking in with me sometimes about like, Hey, do you want to hang out? Because I don't a lot. And you know why? Cause like, what's my priority? It, it's going to be Kim and the kids. Um, not that like Kim's holding me back in any way, but no, I got to look at like this value of time. Yeah. And that's what it's going to be. But I, I think as for any business owner or trainer, because let's face it, basically every trainer is an entrepreneur in one way or another. Right. You have to be able to have that thing of being able to turn it off and, and being able to like go like, okay, so I know when I go away now, I set autoresponders and mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, no guarantees. Like I know this week in Taiwan, um, I'm going to have almost no contact via email and whatnot, just because of the, the way it is. Um, and then, uh, you know, I try not to answer stuff in the evening or early morning. I still look at it though. That's the problem. I hate to say it. I think the, my phone is the first thing I look at in the morning, which I can't seem to break that habit. No, and it's hard because like we have such a good, my gym is such a freaking awesome culture. And I know, for some reason, I think, which is so arrogant, that if I were to not respond to someone, like, that would change everything. And it won't. Like, the people that come to the gym will still be awesome. They will still have their friends. They will still do their thing. And I think, I just don't know when, like, we, we've had this amount of members for a while. But because it's, like, split up, and because I have my coach, Michaela, who's awesome, and she, like, you know, she is really present in there. I think that, I don't, I guess I just didn't even know, like, when did this happen? Like, when do we have this many people and how are they all, what's happening, you know? And I, I think that the thing that I get worried about is people think that we're, you know, they know we're moving because we're big, which is awesome. We're not big, we're not huge, you know, but we're moving because we're bigger. And I think that they're so concerned that we're going to be like a thousand people in the room, mm-hmm. which is like the anti of my philosophy and training at, at all times. Like we, right now we execute two classes at the same time. It's just going to be like that, but next to each other in the same space. If we have enough, you know, if there's that many people. And I, I think people are having a hard time like wrapping their mind around it. And people are thinking that like, I'm trying to become this big, I don't know what it is. It's like this weird, like, I don't want people to think that anything has changed just because we're moving spaces. Two words, so green day. You're becoming Green Day and you're afraid of becoming Green Day because this is what happens, yeah. right? Green Day was this great little punk band, punk pop band, and then all of a sudden they broke big. And then people yeah, like this shit on the big band, even though they put their best music out after they got big, right? And it's all about changing the perception. So I think there is a way to navigate that because I think we yeah. all have a fear of that. Like, you know, I, I, I call training out of the living room the speakeasy of strength. Now, right. all my members know that when I hit a certain number of people, I want to have an exterior location. Now, can I call myself um, speakeasy if I have it? Yeah, because it's still going to have that same atmosphere. And I think you can convey that. You know, you have a great culture. And this is why Tina was, I'm going to just throw this out. I'm a little under the bus. Tina was really nervous about coming on the show. She's like, I don't know what to talk about. I'm like, well, you're just awesome. So we're going to talk about like Tina's just somebody that, you know, I get to meet a lot of great coaches. Uh, I get to a lot. I, I do meet some coaches that I'm like, maybe this wouldn't be the best thing. Um, but then there's the ones that are like right out the gate. You're like, oh, you're fucking cool. And you meet the t- a lot of it is a tell in the teams too. When you see the team dynamic on how they're around their managers uh, or their owners or their bosses. Um, it's different. So that's one of the reasons. So part of this culture, part of this success, that's it's you, it's your personality. 
and how you let the other people on your team shine as well, as opposed to making it, you know, the, the Morin show, you know, right. you, you allow people to have their peace in. And that's why Fisher has been so successful. Uh, his yeah. team gets to be themselves. We have guidelines and stuff, but his whole goal is to allow us to be the most of ourselves right. as opposed to like, you know, these are all the specific rules you have to follow every step of the way. Right. And it's so fun. Like it's so much fun, but it's, it's just like, it's growing pain. I just, I think like I, it's been, the number hasn't changed that much in six months. It's one of those things that we've got a couple of new people, a couple of people had to leave because they don't want to travel, but it's like, fuck, like what happened? I have all these awesome people and it's almost like overwhelming gratitude, which then brings on overwhelming stress that like, I feel, I really feel responsible for all their success. Like, I truly yeah. feel like I owe it to all of you to make this awesome. And I had this, you know, when we were moving, I'm like, oh my God, this is good. Me and Michaela were like, such, like this is going to be so awesome. Like so pumped. And now we're like doing the renovations and stuff. And it's nothing major. Like it's just aesthetic because it'll hopefully grow bigger eventually. And I'm like, now I'm like, oh my God, is it good enough for everybody? Like they owe, they deserve it. Like they truly do deserve it all. But also, at the, it's like, it's that, that weird push and pull. Like I want to give you guys everything you need, but I can't give you everything you need in the way I have before, I guess. So I'm just trying to find that balance. I'm like, I want to do more. Like I got to do DVRT because you came to me, yay, <laughs> this year. But like, I like to do a lot of continuing education. It's super important to me as like a human. I just like to, I don't need the letters. I just want to, I, was, I, don't, I don't care about the letters. I just want the learning. Like I can't, yeah. if I, like I haven't done my clean and press test for DVRT yet. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm not okay with that, but I, my shoulder is not allowing for it. But I learn so much. I reread that manual all the time. Like, I, because, you know, I'm super cool. And I, you talk about how awesome I am. I read my manuals at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's important, too, because so many people, so many people don't do that, though. They go through the course. They claim their cert. Or, you know, they do their Facebook post about it. And then it's done. They don't really revisit it. They use two drills, you know, that they might have picked up. And that becomes it. Right. And that's like, that's, I, that's what I tell, like, you know, Gianna and Seth that were in the cert too, like they're coming out as coaches with you. And I'm like, I don't care if it takes you forever to take that test. Like, I don't care about the letters. I care about the learning. I want you to execute that program. Um, but I haven't got to do that because I've been focusing on every other things. And so like, I'm super psyched to just to do some, have a little bit more time so I can just take, I've been trying to take pressing reset, original strength forever. And then, you know, we're going to be doing that next year. And it's just things that I like, just my, my passion has gone by the wayside. And that's going to make, every, I know that that's going to make everybody else better. I just have to allow myself the time and like be okay with this little transition. I'm in transition. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's just tough, but it's, it's a blessing. And it's awesome. Hashtag bliss, you know, all that shit. Yeah. But it's just, it's crazy town. But I know that it will be all for the greater. It's just right now it's a banana land. And I think I never thought about this when I, I never thought about moving. I never thought about having changing, how to change the space. Like I've had to change normal like a thousand times since we've opened. Like it, it, those are the things you just don't think about how taxing that is and how it's every time you change stuff. You're, if you have a great group like I do, they're super invested in it. And then they get like all worried because some people don't get <laughs> They do, but I mean, some people, like, I'm kind of a mover and a shaker. I don't really mind, like, a space change wouldn't bother me, and it really bothers some people. And people it's that, get attached. 
they're, they're emotionally attached. And let's all, let's also the thing that, you know, is people are scared of going into gyms and when they get comfortable within a gym, you know, it takes that fear away. So it's not just you, but it's yeah. also the physical space of feeling like, okay. Um, and when you move, it's not going to be there, you know, like it, as little as like the towel rack might not be where the towels are in the same spot. Right. I know exactly where they are here that I know, you know, they, the, the typical thing is like when you, you, when you end up with a lot of the same people going to the same hour of class and that's my spot. <laughs> no, no offense to Zumba, but like, I actually, it's funny you say that, um, Michaela and I both kind of underestimated, I think, um, Michaela's my head coach, by the way, for people. Um, but so, we underestimated how attached people are to spaces because I am not. Like, if I move, it doesn't, like, our, Tim and I, you know, bought our first place and then we moved. And everyone's like, oh my God, you miss that place so much? I'm like, nope, I'm still married to Tim and I still have my dogs. Like, they're, I, I just think I'm just that way. And yeah. I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. I think, I, and neither is she. And I think that, and we're very different in a lot of ways, but in this way, we are the same. And I think we totally underestimated how much people are attached to spaces like that. And when we started, when people started getting in the same spots, I used to always be like, this isn't fucking Zumba class. You go over there, you go over there. You're getting with someone else. <laughs> Having a partner. This is, fun. This is ridiculous. Um, but I think it's good to be uncomfortable also. So that's like, I think that's part of it. But I really, that is, if I were to know that now, I would have transitioned this differently. I would have done it different if I knew how, I thought I was preparing everyone and giving everyone enough notice and trying to take everyone's feelings into account. I don't think I, I, I don't think I did that well in hindsight, like just thinking like it's not that big a deal. And, and my coaches also didn't think it was like that big a deal. You know, it was just one of the, we're so excited about it. I think um, we just assumed everyone would be super excited about it. Yeah. That was like, you know, you make a thousand mistakes. Thousands. I think that's all normal. And I don't know if you, you know, these things also come with timelines and things. I don't know if there's ever like a great or perfect way you know, to announce. And, and, you know, even, even I know at MFF, they, they, everything is very calculated to the best that they can be to sort of, uh, guesstimate what a client, you know, what a ninja expectation might be or reaction might be. And you just never know like how certain things travel out. I don't think anybody can predict that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's interesting though. I mean, it's ultimately they will groove in and, it will all become the new spot. And now you'll have a big enough space where you won't have to move again. And, and that right. becomes, you know, the new comfort, right? Yeah. And then they could be, here's the thing too. They'll claim pride over being part of the OG crew as you can. And I always call them OGs. I think they will. I think they will. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely will hit in as, as some new members come in. And, yeah. you know, again, you do have a good culture and your staff is awesome. You got a good group of people out there, which is why I'm like psyched that I got to come out twice. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, coming out for OS. Did we lock the date down yet? I got to check back in on that. I don't think we did. We got. Brain is I think yeah. it's sometime in. It's either. I think it's summer. I think it's summertime. Yeah, summertime because we were trying to avoid the winter. I'm coming up to Jenna's place. Thank you for uh, hooking me up with that for DVR two. I'm like. Over so nervous that it's going to snow <laughs> i'm so nervous it's like a month away um yeah i have to come over and see her please i'm actually spent so that that's like a 11 to 3 and i'm staying the night like i'm not going to drive home so that we can hang out because i know i always feel like i'm rushing out to come back home i'm going to drive yeah. home early sunday so i'm going to get a hotel while i'm out there so please do hang out i was going to reach out to you and i got to hit up like you know, Julian, and uh, I, I already reached out to some of the, uh, you know, Michelle, uh, 
uh, and um, Kristen Callahan and that crew about that about chilling out. Um, yeah, they're pretty close. Um, yeah, the, that gym milestone is like, I think it's like 20, 20 minutes from me, half hour, 25 minutes maybe. Everything from Boston. First off, you live in one of those towns that everybody just claims it's Boston, right? Yeah. And every time I go out That's there, sure. and, I, sure. and, and, and everybody, uh, you know, is like, yeah, we're in Boston, we're in Boston, but it's like a suburb. And no matter what location, what gym I work at, whether it was your place or Iron Body, either location yeah. or, uh, you know, Achieve, it's always like you're like 45 minutes to an hour from all your friends in the other part of Boston. <laughs> Iron Body and Achieve actually are in, were in Boston and are yeah. in Boston. Everyone else, we're all far away from them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've just noticed that. I'm like, well, hey, when can you guys get out here? It'll be an hour. Part of it is your vicious, vicious traffic. Right. Um, what else is going on in your world? So when's this move finished? Theoretically, no, not theoretically. We are, I am working day and night. I'm like a dog right now getting this thing done. Um, we're closing for a week. Like the 22nd of December is our last day open in Norwell. And then we're reopening for a January 1st workout, which I always do January 1st. Best way to start the year um, in Weymouth. So it's happening. Like, like right now when people are working out in Weymouth, there's like saws and sawdust on the floor. And there's <laughs> shit everywhere. All right, guys. But if I, I didn't want to, like, that would be even too much more change. Like, hey, but also, you can't work out for a month. Like, they would. Yeah, that's. <laughs> we had to go through that at Bowery. When MFF opened Bowery, we had, like, no heat. They had painting. They had construction. We had tarps up. We had to go to yeah. an exterior stairwell to get up and down. Like, we had no yeah. bathrooms. Like, it was crazy yeah. for a while. But that's, like, the one thing is, like, my people would rather that as long as they can work out. Like, they were. Yeah. They have been in. In Norwell, when we had a massive, massive windstorm, the fire alarms were going off for days, and they worked out with the fire alarms. Oh, <laughs> wow. And no power. And they're like, the time was right. Like, they're truly, like, badasses. Like, they really will, like, as long as they have a space and they have kettlebells, they're like, we're coming, it's fine. We'll go outside. Like, they don't, they don't care. Um, so they've been dealing with that really well, and um, it's just going to be, it's going to be great. Um, I'm so excited to get, like, some time back that I can focus on. Like, I think a lot of our clients will be super excited to do some of the like educational things that I want to do in the bigger space, like OS. Like I think a lot of them will want to take that. And everyone's seen me with my, I have like Indian club in every day for my shoulders. So people will be like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. I, I have, you're sending a video. <laughs> and also, as you know, I'm extremely spastic and accident prone. So I have like flung these suckers across the room. Like, oh, it's me, everyone, careful. Um, well, I'm excited to do like that's where I, I feel like what I set out to do is now happening. It has just taken three years here and then like three years before that. So I'm kind of in this weird like I'm super grateful and appreciative and super excited, but I also want to cry and kill myself. And <laughs> you're almost you're almost there though. I mean, not that it ever necessarily gets easy, but it won't get that hard. No, no I think and like I really just want to like. I just hope everyone embraces the space. I'm just going to go around and keep on touching and hugging people, you know, in my inappropriate manner. <laughs> like, well, I've been fine. Let me That's hug. Awesome. I do a lot of mini hugs before I just grab people's arm and squeeze it. A little mini hug right here. But <laughs> it is that adjustment. It's like things have changed a lot in a shorter period of time for me, um, I think, as a business owner. So I'm just trying to, like, like reassess everything. It's one of those, like, this was like a, like a, I got to, like, look at it. Soup to nuts, like, 
what am I paying for in terms of business coaching? What am I doing? Like, what's important? Like, I wasn't paying for coaching for a long time. And I'm like, what's that? Like, I need to get, like, my shoulder was hurting me for how many months before you came? Like, it was, it's, it was crazy how, how long yeah. I was, like, living in, which I would never tell a client to do. Like, that's nuts. So, like, I really just started, like, reassessing everything and, like, wow. what is what is worth it next year in terms of investment for education for my clients, for my, I just spilled a cup of tea all over my foot. Mm-hmm. You okay? Was it scalding hot? No, no. The program I write, I have to make considerations <laughs> for your burnt foot. But you know, well, it's it, just it's everything. And it's, it's a good time to dial it all in. I mean, that's yeah. the nice thing about change or moving into a new apartment or something. It's like uh, uh, starting a new job. There's that moment of like, okay, like this is what I, I like how things went this place. This is what I yeah. did. How can I fix it? You know, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a good moment of assessment. And I'm, I, I perpetually, even in just from here and training from home, I'm like, I have to admit, like I'm constantly reevaluating how I try to market this place. And because it's a weird situation, um, not to toot my own horn, but you have a fairly high level trainer, um, teaching out of his living room, the things that he tried. No what was that? You should, you should toot your horn. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird, but you know, like if you put it on paper, like, Hey, uh, international yeah. fitness educator, God, that sounds gross to say, but you get to train in his, in, you know, in his home with the yeah. things that he travels the world teaching people. Like, but how do you make that like comfortable enough for people to come in the door? Yeah. It's all referral. And so that's really hard. Um, and I keep trying to, tap that i'm also having this ongoing battle mental battle with social media and the worst uh, well you know it's you know i i i'm caught in in this mixed again it's a mixed blessing but like in teaching for all these organizations there's pressure for articles right blogs videos there's pressure because it'll bring people to those courses right i have to set myself up as an expert and more people might see a blog on dvrt or the dragon door thing than we'll see or listen to an episode of this show so I love doing the show. This show for me isn't fitness content. This is me talking about shit that I'm into with my friends and letting people hear my friends speak. Like you mentioned how like you're always on. When we're done with the course, the last thing I want to talk about is nonstop business. I'm going to ask you like, hey, if I might need advice on something. What do you think? Run it by you. But then I also want to be like, what have you been up to? You know, like, what do you think of like, you know, this latest movie trailer or whatever? Right. So I want people to have that out of this show. But it doesn't feel like fitness content generation. It's me talking with my friends, right? And then, you know, for me, for training in my living room, like social media doesn't work that way. I put some cool stuff out. I share pictures of the crew because I'm proud of them. But like, I don't really necessarily want people to come to me off of a social media post. I want people to come to me because somebody said that place, that guy's awesome. And his dog's awesome. And his Godzilla collection's awesome. And I feel great. Or I look great or both, you know, like that's what I'm hoping for. So I've started, this is my latest high tech marketing thing. I think everybody should try this. So I, I Kim made me these amazing postcards, very me. Uh, and I keep one in my, I keep this, a few of them in my coat wherever I go. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to hand, I'm not going to, I've left a few, a few places that I visit a lot, like a couple of, uh, <laughs> liquor stores, um, you know, places like that, that, that I frequent at. Um, but for the most part, I hand them out like on the street. And then I was like, how am I not like racial profiling or stereotyping people? Cause I don't want to just train, you know, homogenized wealthy people. Um, so I've started my scientific method is this, is that if someone doesn't look overly dangerous, 
Perfect. And they smile at Ramona when I walk Ramona, they get a business card. They get one of these postcards. Literally looking at my dog is the deciding factor. If I think you're friendly enough, cool enough, will be a fit to yep. be here at Fury Industries. And I'm like, I think it's going to work. And I've also given myself a quota. Like, I don't go outside and try to hand out 20 a day. It might be a detriment that I'm not pushing harder. But if I can do, like, five a week, that's my goal. And if somebody calls me back, great. If they don't, somebody will eventually. And I know that's real slow building. Um, but I realize I'm in a real special situation because I'm like you. I got seven or eight clients right out the gate off of two weeks of social media because they were all referrals. People were like, oh, Fury's doing this. Yeah. And then, you know, I gained a few and I lost a few. Injury, persistent health issues, unrelated to me and Fury Industries. Uh, some kid, one was, one was kids schedule stuff with school. Completely like, that's it. Yeah, and we, but we haven't like hit like 20, 30 people yet. Cause 30 is in my head. The number where we hit 30, I'm looking at an exterior space, right? Like I'm looking to start maybe finding an investor and then putting this into place. And, you know, somebody reached out to me about investing and I was, I got excited about, it, but they were looking for like a chain and, and I'm not really looking for that. No. And, uh, yeah, that's the thing. And it, it's, it's the idea of having a lot of money. Fantastic. The idea of like, I, I want, I want my little, like, you know, I, I keep telling people and I've said this on the show, I think, but like, I want to be like the best local deli. You know how like everybody has a bodega in their neighborhood and you want, you want to be the, I want to be the bodega with the best bacon, egg and cheese. I was going to say pastrami sandwich, but bacon, egg and cheese. Is that a more of a Boston mass thing? Or that, uh, is I don't it know. I mean, it's a, it's a thing here. But... <laughs> What's your favorite sandwich, kidding? It's an old man sandwich. I don't know. But, but you know what? It's like, that is a really hard thing for someone. Like, you have a specific, you know, a specific set of skills. Like, you have a, to quote, you know, creepy movies, but you, you, what you do is special. And if someone invests in that, they're going to want to say it. And like, I'm a control freak. I don't want anyone saying what I, how I do this. I will love advice and I would love to judge if I want to use your advice. And generally speaking, like if you're smart or you are know my business, then okay, maybe, you know, maybe I try something different, but something like it's, it's so hard. And like, that's where those social media and all that stuff becomes so hard because then you are like, do I cast a wide net and get a bunch of numbers and then have these people that come in? They're like, well, I want to get bulky. And I'm like, oh my God, you're the total wrong person for my gym. Or do you try to find this like specific person that you can, it's, it is really hard. It's really hard to find people. It's really hard to find the right people, but your clients find the right people. Like I, I find like, if I just like every now and again, say like, Hey guys, everybody bring in a friend that you think would join let them come for a week for free or whatever you do for free. Mm -hmm. And get a lot of people that way, you know, like I, I went on a strike from like, I did Facebook ads like a couple of years ago and I got a handful of people and they weren't really the right people. And I just was like, this is dumb. It's throwing, I'm literally throwing money down the toilet. Like this is so stupid. So I went on like a strike from Facebook ads. I, I try to, I, when I was working with some business coaches and they were like, you have to get more active on social media. But then I, I feel like, the same reason I feel strange I'm coming on this podcast. I'm like, so I'm going to like show myself playing a kettlebell, drinking some beers and making out with my dogs. Like who wants to see that? Like, that's what I do all day. <laughs> you know, the hard, I'm like, the hard part is it's like, you know, our feeds are now filled of our friends, 
swinging kettlebells or doing kettlebell mm-hmm. presses. And I don't want to take anything away. Like it, one of the things Henkin uh, has taught me is it's not so much that you're doing something unique per se in terms of the movement. It's you, right? It's like your personality. It's you, Tina, um, how you coach this, up, coach this up or whatnot. And, and I posted this up in Strength Faction, actually, in our private veteran group. I'm like, you know, where did it come up that part of our gig is free social media uh, tutorials? And I understand trying to get the name out from an ad perspective. Like there was a point where Facebook was like gold, right? Like before they started monetizing everything, it was gold. And now even with sponsored ads, it's an expense. And I don't know if a lot of people are actually succeeding off of it. Yelp is sort of like, seems to be like a mafia esque thing when they try to dig their claws into you for advertising money. Um, No, I wouldn't. I've, I've had some very serious, uh, uh, not angry, but hard to hearts with people there where I literally, I think I almost made a couple of them cry. I was like, if you were in my position, I want you to realistically think this. And they'd be like, yeah. I basically brought them to silence. I'm not trying to be a dick. I was just like, look, I understand. I don't have this. My business model isn't it. I don't have it. Um, would you want to pay my child support for your thing? Can you guarantee me money on this? And they're like, no. I'm like, if you were in my boots, oh, shit. But so, you know, so I posted up this question is... When did we start giving away all the stuff for free? Now, I understand blogging. I understand trainer-to-trainer education in a sense. Um, But what happens is, is like, I don't know if a lot of us, and this has been a theme on the podcast a little bit, is like, do we know who we're writing for? Are we writing for our membership? Are we writing to impress other trainers? Now, I'm in a position, gratefully, that I teach courses, so I have to sort of like look like I know what I'm doing around other trainers. Um, you know, I post my group photos. I occasionally do a video when it strikes me. I'm not consistent like I used to with anything but this podcast, but this podcast comes out every single Monday. We've missed two weeks because I took a vacation for Asia, um, in over a year now. Right. So 67, six, this will be episode 66. And there were two bonus episodes and we've only missed two. Right. I'm impressed with that. And most of it is fitness, not all of it. I'm definitely making a concerted effort that all these episodes aren't specifically fitness. But, you know, okay. So I've done all Facebook ads and, you know, I did get people into the, in, in enjoying Fury and issues off of my initial post that did create awareness. Um, but the return of investment for the hours that people put in shooting tutorials and stuff, in terms of actually bringing clients in the door, I don't know if that equates to dollars versus just doing better work and more local marketing. I don't know. This idea of, you know, a lot of the feedback was creating expertise, you know, this level of elevating yourself as an expertise. And Kristen Callahan had a great point, and I kind of agree. Like, does it? Does showing somebody how to swing show expertise when they could see other people? Maybe you're the only one in the neighborhood. I don't know. Part of me is like, what if, like, there's so many shitty people. I shouldn't say so many. That sounds so horrible, folks. I'm going to strike that comment without editing it. Uh, there's just a lot of bad information out there as well. Now, they're going to be viewed just as equal experts as the good ones, right? And especially if you look at the early days of YouTube, I can't tell you how many days of uh, how many kettlebell certs, especially like, you know, people come in and like, oh, I, I was working off somebody's videos on YouTube. And it's horrible. Like, it's just horrible. Like, they can't separate the expert from, you know, the guy who doesn't know what they're doing. So I, I'm just really questioning that time when you talk about your time management. I'm really trying to find a sweet spot where I like posting my clients, like my, the, the, the Fury crew when, they, when they're doing class or succeeding, having a good day. I like posting my Godzilla toys and my G.I. Joes and stuff because it's just fun for me. Um, sure. I like things of Ramona. 
Uh, I like talking about movies and I like the, you know, I love promoting this podcast, especially when I get to share Glenn's art, you know, um, with it. But I, it's not making me like, you know, maybe people come to courses for me from that, or maybe it's because I actually just get out and I teach a shitload of courses. Right. You know, I can't tell I if. For you. I, I, I firmly believe, so like my big philosophy, and I do a lot, a lot, a lot with like other gyms and people, some gyms are like resistant to me doing things with them. And some people are like, it's an abundance mentality. Like, I think you probably have that as well, where. I really think that there is no competition. And of course there's competition, right? There's competition everywhere, but there is no competition because people are always going to come for you to you for you. If people, if I post like something and it's not authentic to like, not even like authentic to my training, but just like who I am, like when you're coming to my gym, you're going to get a crazy dog lady. That's probably going to listen to metal. Like, yeah, that is what is happening. Like, so just know that coming in. And I just think that like that, that's, I wanted to train with you because I know who you are and I, I, I value your education, of course, but I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, I would, I would much rather, if I was in New York, I'd want to be there. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. I think that that's what's more valuable on social media for me. I don't post any tutorial videos and stuff. I think part of that is, and just admittedly, and I probably shouldn't say this, like, I think I am an educated coach and I think I value educate, you know, continuing education. I try to learn as much as I can and I know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm by no means the best. So I don't know. I guess that's not what I'm advertising. That's not what I'm, and I hate to say selling, but that's not what I'm selling either. Like we know what we're doing, but this is who we are. So like come or come or don't come. You know what I mean? And I think that people, I, I, I don't like doing social media. And I, I, ha, I didn't for many years, like I didn't have Instagram. I used to call it InstaFace. I'm like snap facing, what are we doing? I hate it. <laughs> but I have like been encouraged to do more. And I've been doing a lot like the last year, which I really don't like, but I try to do like the stories. And my stories generally have nothing to do with like, I was painting and I was going crazy. I was listening to your podcast. I was painting at the gym and I'm like listening to like talking about how you have to move and you shouldn't be hunched over. I'm like painting like all hunched over. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, immediately. But I was like, that's funny. Post that. Like I was just sitting here like doing something before I got on the phone with you and I was drinking my tea and my tea says, Vanilla Spice, Perfect Energy. And I was like, that would totally be my rap name, Vanilla Spice. <laughs> would totally be my first album. Like, and that's, like, I post stuff like that. I'm like, what the hell else am I going to talk about? Like, do people really care that I know that I can swing a kettlebell and I'm a level, level two strong person instructor? I mean, maybe someone who's trained before does, but does a client even know what that is? I don't know. You so know, I- they know, they know I'm not going to hurt them. And I think that's valuable. And they know that I'm, I think I get more business and people coming here because they're like not frightened of us because they're like oh my god she's a strange person (laughs) I I, I always wonder I think there's this really if you can show results in an environment right so if you can if the people come in and they see results and you create an environment and within that in my opinion environment isn't just flashing lights or whatever it's like you know they're safe they feel they feel trusted they feel that their technique is being taken care of because the weird thing is most people who go to a, a gym or a system that are getting hurt or they know they're not getting hurt because it's like low weight type stuff mm-hmm. and they know they're not getting coached, but they're getting their sweat on and they're with their boyfriends or girlfriends. Like, you know what I mean? There's like, a, you know, I'm not going to name them and it's not CrossFit folks that I'm talking about. There's a lot of like lower tiered, less dangerous, but still should have coaching type things that people push themselves through. 
you know, I think when they come in, if they can see the results and they can move better, they can feel better. And then they see like, you know, a physical appearance change, body comp change, whatever that might be, you know, that creates the environment and the, the expertise level, you know, I'll throw this out here. I don't know if I've actually specifically talked about it on the show. I can't remember, but like, I remember, you know, at the time that I got my, this connection with the RKC, I was, I was assisting a lot with, with strong first and, you know, Josh Hankin being, you know, being a master instructor for them. And yeah. uh, John Duquesne has always been super good to me, no matter what, you know, this opportunity was on there. I was really struggling with like what to do, you know, do I, 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 you know, I knew there was a position, you know, potentially coming up on, on the other, with the other guys. And right. then there was this guaranteed teaching position here. And you know, what it came down to is it's like, I wanted to teach and I believe in, you know, the systematically of clearly their, their, their overlap. Um, but right. I wanted to focus on the instructing. I wanted the opportunity to get out and teach because, uh, you know, uh, I was talking with a friend in a, in a restaurant and they pointed out and they looked at all the people in the room and they were like, do you think any, any of these people know what your initials mean? And I was like, no. And do you think they actually care? I was like, no. People care that like you get them, you know, it's not that they actually care that you show them how to swing a kettlebell. They care that you showed it how to do it powerfully and safely and that they don't get hurt and they feel results over time with it. It's not that you taught them the swing or it's the kettlebell itself. It's what you can bring to the table. And that's where I don't think you can necessarily share that online in a weird way. Plus I'll say this as, as a course instructor and as somebody that's now, you know, uh, you know, uh, coming up on nine years since I took my first HKC, you know, you start to see the same fucking drills. Somebody showing the same drill that they got at their user course or HKC as it's like some sort of groundbreaking new thing. I'm like, this is like, just rehashing the same stuff and it is the same stuff and it's doing it in your voice. But I struggle. It's like, is that then worth our time? Right. And it's hard. Cause like it is people, people, some people put so much stock in social media, but some people really don't like it, I, I find like a lot of my clients like, oh, I hate Instagram. How did you find it? You know, whatever. But I, like what I always think and what I try to operate as a coach by is if I, I need to put all of my time and effort into my clients and focusing on their results. If I document that and it goes on social media, fine. If we document that like people got super strong, which because they do, like it's, we were, I've, you know, educated myself and we've trained our coaches to learn how to program effectively to keep people safe and to teach them how to be consistent and help them be consistent. Mm -hmm. That's not rocket science. That's what gets you results. So if you if you're doing that anywhere and it's in your weight training and you're doing the right thing for your body, you're you're gonna look great. You're gonna feel great if you're eating the right things. We teach them how to eat the right things. We teach them those things, the the exercises and how to do them well and safely and push themselves a little bit. And they're having fun. So that should be my concern. My concern should not be perhaps a chain place down the street that is low weight, high repetition, whatever that they're going, you know, as you mentioned, like, I'm not worried about that. And I never am. And I think that's why I'm successful. And I think that's why we do well. I don't worry. There's a million gyms up and down the street. You probably saw when you were driving up and down. Like, yeah, there are, there are, they definitely are. They were there when I opened. It doesn't matter. Like people aren't, there's also a million people that don't go to the gym. There's a huge market, like plenty of people you can help. And all the, if everyone was just focusing on helping people and it would, it wouldn't be such a chaotic online training boom, you know, which is driving bananas, like the online training 
<laughs> it was yeah it, it's i always feel like i'm part of the problem you know i'm, I'm part i feel like part of the problem as an online coach i'm, I'm part of the problem <laughs> i'm I'm part of the problem with the flood of fitnessy podcasts. I'm part of the <laughs> online training. I've online trained with a lot of I've online. I've done online work with Artemis. Artemis should be, you know, online training. Like there's there's certain people that should be online training. There most there's a lot of people that shouldn't. But I think that's up. So if everyone goes by this like you know competition and trying to post as much as possible, everyone online is competition. Every gym down the street is competition. Like if people focus more on their clients everyone would be doing better. And, and nice. if you post about that, I have no problem with that. Like, that's what we post. You know, I'm okay. And, and you know, like, we do, we swear in class sometimes. We we don't care about the music that gets played. Sometimes it's aggressive. And we're like, oh, hey, oh, turn that one down, you know? But, like, that's, if we are communicating that, and that's what people, as long as I am representing, like, the MSC page, in particular my page, maybe not so much, I don't really care, but the, this is what you're getting when you're coming in. Yeah. It, it, no one is surprised. I love I that, and that—that's—that's that's for me. That's like where social media should be. Like, especially, you know, it's a little different again. As like, you know, uh, traveling for workshops, trying to build awareness to my name so in the system so that the people will come. But for me, you know, it's like I, I'm very much like you in terms of that abundance mentality. Mm-hmm. There's a big CrossFit opening up down the street. I've got a big mom and pop you know, big box plus a crunch, literally down the block, corner to corner. Um, there's both of them, but there's only one me. There's only one place where you're going to have uh, me paint, playing my silly versions of my music, programming, you know, the sandbags, kettlebells, OSC stuff, and Indian clubs all in a class. Uh, you're going to have my Godzilla toys, my, my, my GI Joe shit in the room. You're going to have Ramona in the room um, where and I'm okay with that. And I, again, like I'm looking to have like 30, 40, 60, 70 people, obviously like when I get an exterior location, cause rent's expensive here, but like for here, I'm not looking for everybody. And like, if somebody like sees the social media or a message or a Yelp review and, 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 and those pictures, like it's, it's interesting how I think pictures are important that way. Those people, they're drawn as something else. Like that's fine. Or if you think, you know, orange theory is going to be your jam or a pure bar is going to be your jam. You know what? Like, we might not be the fit until the time right is, is right that we suddenly are. Um, and I'm okay with that. For me, I'm, I'm like, you know, I tend to get to people that have been to other places and been like, well, I didn't feel like I fit in. Or I get to people like the trainers that are like, you know, just wanting to get better. Sometimes, you know, outside the scope that's available within their facility. And then I also get a lot of people that are like kind of on the outskirts of like, I know I need to do something or I've been trying to go to the gym and I, I just don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And they're the ones that I want to invest the coaching in. And, and usually I think if you look at a lot of my social media, when I give a, uh, when, when I do a how to type thing, it's, it's either at trainers trying to pass a test, like the clean and press test so I can help you directly, but it's also more at an avatar of an enthusiast that can then pick it up and understand like, Oh, these are the handles I'm supposed to be using on the sandbag. Right. This is how I'm supposed to do my swing, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm the enthusiast, right? Like we talked about this at your course. Um, you were the professional enthusiast. Like this isn't, yeah, it's a job for sure, but it's also like I could be doing something else. Yeah. I love this shit. You should love it too. You know what I mean? But that's, that's, you know, that's how I I really think. I think that there's just, I don't know, especially with this move and everything happening, like 
people are like, oh my God, you're going to lose people? I'm like, well, yeah, but like, I, I won't if they want to drive 10 minutes. And, and if I do, then they didn't really value it. And maybe they weren't the right person anyway. Like I could have, I should say, I could have lost sleep over this. I've lost a lot of sleep over this. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like I've met so many people like me through, through the certifications that I take and through, you know, I sort of worked with Artemis. That's how I met you. That's how I met, you know, you've connected me with other people. And I think there's so many coaches that are like-minded out there. And, and that's also okay. Cause you're not the same, like Jenna and Milestone Fitness, they're done. They're not, I mean, people probably wouldn't drive them. They might, they, they're strong for, you know, their kettlebell, their body weight, similar probably type of workouts that I do. They're, they're not the same. So I don't know. I just think Instagram perpetuates that competition I think and that's why I think I don't like it um I also think I'm super strange and want to put words that, like if I'm going to really talk about my life on Instagram and like this, this is what you're getting and maybe I lose clients because of that that's probably not the right people maybe it's people that maybe like Michaela but like when push comes to shove I'm going to be here too and that's, that's the like thing me, it's, like it's me, being okay that like you but uh, it's a little different here for me. like uh, as the only coach here well Caitlin Caitlin's covered in is like you know what if if if, if you don't get me that's fine like there'll be somebody else for you. Like it's being accepting of that as opposed to being resentful to that. Like we might not fit. You might not like my sense of humor at all. And I hope you do. Yeah. Right. Well, hey. Um, <laughs> well, hey, I just want to say one of the one of the greatest things too about um this industry, if we talk about it that is getting to meet people like you and the connections of like how you know I got to meet Artemis. Uh Artemis and I met, I believe, in twenty 2012 assisting together and you know uh she sent you know several people my way and you know i've I've taught dvrt over there and and getting to meet you and then how you connect and how that that idea of how we connect each other uh and and you know i think there's it's weird when you talk about initials and stuff i think some people within that that aren't even necessarily teachers think there's like these big walls of like this is our tribe and fuck everyone else and it's like no we're actually all friends because like the main thing is trainers And the people that tend to like fall by the sword right. of a certain set of initials are usually the people not getting paid by the company be owning the initials. It's like a, a weird thing. And so uh, anyway, right. the, one of the greatest aspects is if you actually just look at it all as education and fitness and all trying to make each other better as opposed to competing, that's fucking rad. Yeah. That's how I struggle with it. I am no Buddha, uh, but you know, I get caught up in certain things. But that's really where I want to go. The better you can do, the better we all can do, right? Because the bottom line is the more successful you are, especially knowing your training methodologies, the more healthier people they're going to be in your neighborhood. And the more gyms that are successful, the more healthier people they're going to be in their neighborhood. In their neighborhood. <laughs> Sorry, I almost went in a fucking... Exactly. Um, hey. That's why I got into it, right? Like, that's why... <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I, I got to wrap it up because now I'm going to have this weird contractor come and probably uh, fail at fixing something in my apartment. Um, thank you for taking the time. Where can people find you? You can find me at um, Tina V. Morin if you want to look at dogs and beer and kettlebell things and Indian clubs sometimes. <laughs> um, and also my gym and the strength. On Instagram and Facebook, and mscstrength.com is our website. And yeah, this was fun. This was fun. It flew. It flew by. We've been on almost an hour and a half. 
Can you believe that? Um, hey. Yeah, I talk way too much. No, not, not at all. Can you tell the listeners to die mighty? Die mighty. <laughs> hey, thank you for coming on, Tina. I look forward to coming back out for OS and seeing you when I'm out there for DVRT. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by The FTW. Visit the FTW.nyc for band, tour, music, and merch info. Artwork created by Glenn Gurrieta. Visit glengurrieta.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A. Or follow him on Instagram at Glenn Gurrieta. Voiceover by Laura Palmer.